Welcome to the Secret Lives of Chiropractors. This is where we get personal with chiropractic leaders, mentors, and influential entrepreneurs. And when I say personal, I mean really personal, so personal that the things that they share and open up in here about, they haven't shared anywhere else. And today I had Dr. Paul Reed um, on the show, who is not just a chiropractor, but he's a chiropractor and owner of multiple clinics, collecting over $5 million a year. He is also a coffee shop owner and creator of one of the greatest chiropractic events, ChiroFest, which I happen to be speaking at coming up soon. Paul is full of practical wisdom when it comes down to success and entrepreneurship. And you're going to see this when you listen in or when you watch today. I asked him what his secret sauce was because let's be honest, most chiropractors are stuck or struggling in running just the one clinic. Uh, but and, and he gave me a really good answer. I won't tell you what it is, but I will tell you it's something that if you took seriously, you would massively shift your life and your practice. So be sure to listen all the way to the end. He also shared his regrets in life, and we even covered how he deals with um, self-doubt on the daily basis. I think when we look at uber successful people and, and sometimes we think that they don't have any self-doubt or that there's something special about them, they it might be true that they might be special, but so are you. And you have all the potential and all the tools, all the strategies already to get to that next level of your life or your practice. You just may need to unlearn a few things or have practical tools that will overcome the fears and the doubts that um, stop you or make you procrastinate. We talk a lot about this in Elevate Club, uh, a whole lot of unlearning these old patterns of doubt and fear and procrastination take place at Elevate Club uh, because it is really important to do so to live a really fulfilling, abundant and juicy life. And speaking of Elevate Club, you can join it at www.elevate.me. That is E-L-I-V-A-T-E dot me. I'm sure the link is in here. And as always, enjoy this episode and just be sure to subscribe, share, like, and all the things. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Today, I have Dr. Paul Reed with me. Dr. Paul is a faith-based entrepreneur, speaker, author, coach, husband, and father, and many have called him a serial entrepreneur, which is kind of a big deal in the chiropractic world because I feel like a few of us actually make can can make that title. Right? <laughs> yes. So Dr. Paul likes to refer to it as seeing a need and filling it. Um, he has opened and scaled eight businesses generating revenue in excess of five million annually. So basically he's a rock star and that's why we have him on the show. <laughs> and we're gonna get to know him a little bit today. I'm actually super excited to to get to know you a little bit more, Paul. Oh. Yeah, same, same. Super excited to be here. And uh, thanks for asking me to be on. And yeah, I'm excited to get to know you as well. And we've got ChiroFest coming up in a bit where you're going to be rocking the stage. So yeah, stoked. Excited. So excited. All right. Really cool. So um, Paul, tell me a little bit about you, but start with your 
childhood. Like, I want to know who Paul was when he was like five years old. What was your family dynamic? Because you've done so much in your life, entrepreneurially and chiropractic. Um, One of our uh, greatest leaders in in the profession. So I'm I'm always curious what dynamics in childhood gave you all the traits to make you super successful as you are. You know, I, I think it came from one super involved with sports as far as back as I can remember. Um, so I think a lot of it is, is lessons that I learned from the sports environment, plus having parents that just worked hard and seeing them, you know, work hard essentially, which seems to be a lost art in today's world. Um, yeah. So I think a, a lot of it just came from, you know, modeling, uh, what my parents had done. And then again, just life lessons that applied from the sports arena into, into entrepreneurialism and, and life in general, parenting and all those different things. So I think a lot of it came from those two primary sources. Um, yeah. So, so what uh, sports did you play? You know, as a little dude, um, soccer, like most kids, you know, little, little, you know, whatever, kindergarten, first grade. Um, as I got older, I, I got into football um, and wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then I actually played football in college. And so that, again, a lot of my life lessons and relationships and, and learning to manage and instruct and coach and mentor came from the lessons that I got from my coaches in college. So what would you say was like the biggest lesson uh, that you learned as a, as an athlete that helps you as a, as an entrepreneur? Well, you know, I think find a need and fill it. Like I said on my thing, you know, I, you know, my story, I was a linebacker in high school and a linebacker and running back Got a scholarship as a linebacker, got to school. I wrecked my ACL. So I was a step slower. Um, And then my second year there, the coach said, Hey, we have, we have three linemen that are suspended and not able to play. Would you like to make that transition over to the offensive line and give you a chance to travel, probably get on the field? Um, and so I said, sign me up. So I went completely from like glory guy, defensive linebacker to like, no, I'm going to be a journeyman and, and, you know, do what needs to be done to help the team win. So I think that, um, that lesson, um, as a 19 year old, um, you know, and obviously I was immature and didn't understand at the time, but looking back and reflecting on that, um, taught me a lot of things in, in regards to like, you got to pivot sometimes. You don't know, you know, what's going to happen and being able to be supple and mobile, um, in life and adapt to when, when you need to adapt. Yeah, totally. And it seems like you've obviously done that. You started with your practice and then multiples of practices and then Pyrofest yeah. and I'm sure a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, it started with the practice, had the vision for the one practice and then um, that expanded to two and two led to five and do a little bit of property development and Kyrofest and, and I have coffee shop. And so, yeah, lots, lots, lots of you balls. To, you own a coffee shop? I do. Yeah. For almost five years. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, what is that business like? You know, it's, it's no different than any other business. Um, it, if, when you have good business principles and practices, they apply across the board, obviously systems and process a little bit different than a practice. Um, but it's still the same thing when you pour into your team, take care of your team, your team wants to work hard. They want to show up. They want to do good for you. Um, so yeah, so a lot of it is parallels with, you know, chiropractic, but, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm actually super curious about this. So with the coffee shop, obviously you saw saw a need, you filled it. Yeah. You go, you have a, I wish, you know, it'd been on my heart to do it for like, I've been in it over four years and like 10 years prior to that, I wish I would have done it then. So (laughs) you'd always wanted to own a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm a coffee geek. I love it. Um, and yeah, so I'd I'd always wanted to, but we were expanding the offices at the time. And so my wife's like, time out, we can only do so many things. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah. 
So, so, so I won't tell you where I got my coffee this morning. Okay. Probably Starbucks, but <laughs> 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 <No>. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll, I'll do better next time. <laughs> um, so, all right. So you've lived a lot of, a lot of life. You've done a lot of different businesses. I, I love the variety of the different things that you've done. Real estate, you've done chiropractic offices, the coffee shop. I, I find it really entertaining. And, and I think it speaks to how smart you are. And um, I'm curious if you've had along the way, what was a time where you had your biggest struggle, where you either felt the loneliest or it was like your biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? You know, I think the biggest biggest challenge for me with, you know, business expansion was um, team management, you know, uh, relationship capital with, I had, it was a learned skill. Um, You know, even I'm speaking and traveling and all those things. You seem to be an extrovert. I'm really an introvert. And I, I like, you know, I, I don't I like to stay at home and do my thing, do me exercise, spend time with my wife and kids. But um, so I think the, the you know, we had as many with the chiropractic offices, we had as many as 32 employees mm-hmm. um, at one time. And so just that dynamic of personalities and how to communicate to one person, you can't communicate to another and how to, you know, explain. You know, so just I think that for me was that the the biggest learning curve was was the people management, the people, the people stuff, right? The, yeah. the HR stuff and trying to again, we were blessed, had a super great team. We had longevity with our team, many of them that were with more with us more than 10 years, but still it's always trying to navigate that and learn, um, learn what motivates one doc, doesn't motivate another, and and just trying to find those, you know, learning to read people and understand people and um, be direct, but be caring at the same time. So just a lot of those dynamics that are tough when you're dealing with a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that. And, and communication is like yeah. foundational yeah. in business, no yeah. matter what you're doing. Yep. And, and, and we, I, I think my wife and I did it pretty well where we were just super direct and upfront. Like if we saw something that we didn't like, or we want to change, we would say it immediately instead of letting it fester and like, just so that your expectations were on the table. Yeah. Um, and so they knew what they needed to do or what we wanted them to do. Yeah. And, and then the other thing I think known is, is, is finding being self-aware enough to see what you're not good at and then delegating that stuff off. And I think I learned that from one of my early mentors. Like if there's something you don't like, or you're not very good at, find somebody that enjoys it or is good at it and let them run with it because it's just leaking you of energy and you're not going to perform is, is your best version of you. And so, yeah, I think that was the other thing is just finding things that I did not like mm-hmm. or wasn't good at and like, take it. And in the beginning, right. When we're all starting our business, we have to wear all hats, totally. but then getting to that tipping point of like, no, I can afford to like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have somebody do that because it just drains me. So. Yeah, totally. And honestly, sometimes I feel like there are things that I can just eliminate anyways. Like if I look at the big picture and if I have a to-do list that that's, or a strategy or a tool that's going to get me to that big vision that I have, oftentimes if you look at it from a different perspective, you're like, hey, you know what? I really don't need to be doing all of yep. these things. Yeah. A bunch of those things get eliminated anyways, and then the rest can get delegated. Yeah, back, back to sports, be the quarterback and, and delegate and direct and let your team do it. So yeah, 100%. Exactly. So what would you say is your secret sauce? Like, what is it that's, uh, that's about you that you've learned or always had where, (laughs) you know, I think it goes back to um, not being afraid to work. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is not being afraid of early mornings, late hours, um, you know, changing hats. If you have to change hats in the middle of a shift to, to, you know, be the fireman. Um, I, I think my secret sauce is just 
just work. Um, I mean, there's really, you know, I'm, I'm no different than anybody else. I just might run a little bit further, get up a little earlier. Um, yeah. I, I think it's just, just doing the work is really what has enabled us to get to where we've gotten. So, okay. and it sounds like also flexibility and adaptability, like hundred percent. I think, I think what happens with a lot of business folks, Kairos in particular is they get, which is great to have rigid lines, but then like, you can't predict your day. You can't, can't predict your month. You can't predict who's coming in and, and being able to be flexible, supple, um, and adapt on the, on the, on the fly, essentially to be able to, to get to where you want to go. Yes. Yes. That's so important. Well, that's all chiropractic, right? Flexibility. Right. Amen. <laughs> yep. Flexibility. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Really cool. And, um, so speaking of like getting up earlier and running a little harder, running a little faster. So what is your, uh, what's your morning routine? People want to know what Paul Ray does like morning routine. And then the rest of the day, like what's a day in the life of Paul? Well, So I think, you know, in my, where I'm at in life now, it's changed a little bit. Um, but I've always been a morning person. So I, I would say if I went back to when I was like doing as most that I've done at any one time, I, I'm like a 4am guy. I'd get up, do my quiet time, do my training, see my day before the day, and then you're hitting the day running. And so I would say that's, that's one tool that I've always had, even now, maybe not be, not, might not be as early, but I'm still a morning guy. I still have that same pattern or ritual of, of, of advancing my day. But when I was at my most managing the most, doing the most, it was at least by four feet hit the ground, you know, and do your routine. So, so what do you um, tell me about see the day before the day? What does that mean? visualize, especially in practice? I think it's super important. So I would literally, again, early mentor talking this, I would see the tables full. I would see people coming in. I would see them getting adjusted. I would see the amount of people I wanted to serve that specific day, the amount of new patients I wanted to process a day. I'd see people converting to care. Um, so literally just rolling through, even if it's just a few minutes, rolling through your day mentally, um, again, and it's going to, one, you're going to manifest what you want to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and two, it's going to, you're, you've already, cause I think a lot of people or, um, business people like get up and just go without thinking about their day. And then they run into those roadblocks. But if you've already processed your expectations of what's going to happen, it allows you again to either grow exponentially faster or you've like, okay, well now I got to adapt and change because it's not working the way that I had seen it work. But I think, um, yeah, see, literally seeing your day from, especially in practice, it's super important. I think if docs like see their first patient and, and just visualize those people coming in, and even specific people, right? We all know this, like people we think about in our practice, they show up. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think, yeah, literally, I would literally like see myself adjusting the amount that I wanted. To, and, and that changed and grew as my practice grew, right? As we, as I was approaching my goals, like then you have to adapt and, and see yourself shadow adjusting and, and, you know, neuroplasticity, right? We got to program ourselves to do what we need to do. Yeah, seems to be the theme for today. It's like <laughs> adaptability, neuroplasticity. Right? Flexibility. <laughs> That's awesome. Exactly. So um, doing all the things that you have been doing, like, uh, do you still have self-doubt? Things that... 100%. Um, tell us about that. And, and I think that it's... Yeah, I mean, I do. 100%. I, there's, I have like giant aspirations of stuff I still want to do. And, and that, uh, what do they call it? That, you know, that just that monkey on the, you know, that the monkey brain. Yeah. A monkey brain gets in there and, and stir the devil, right. Starts telling you, you're not good. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You can't, you know, I want to do a couple books and I've started them, but I haven't completed them. And, and then you're like, suck. Should I be doing this book? Should I not be doing this book? Who's going to read my book? 
Mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. So I, you know, but a part of overcoming that stuff is just continuously taking action, right. And and moving towards that Mm -hmm. desired state of being. And so, but yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And I think if somebody says they don't ever question themselves, they're not being transparent, honest with you, because we all have some stuff, right. That's yeah. I think some people are also unaware that they have self-doubt. Like, yeah. they're, you know, they'll say, oh, I'm not writing this book because I'm waiting on such and such, or I'm yeah. not because of X, Y, and Z, but there's the self-awareness is not there. Yeah. It's actually self-doubt or fear. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, do you have any regrets in life? Which I know the standard answer is no, I don't regret anything. So, but what I'm looking for is like, would you do something different looking back at, and it could be personal too, like in your relationships and your businesses, anything. Um, you know, I mean, there's always regrets. You know, I, I, uh, I regret not opening more coffee shops. Right. I I, I mean, seriously, I like, I wish I had a dozen of those right now. Um, they do really well. Um, when, when, again, when your team's trained and, and you have a good product, um, that's awesome. It may be more offices. I kind of, you know, when, when I had sold in 2019, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I had gotten to a point where I was, uh, I was, at least I had thought I was at my capacity for that, but now, you know, three, almost three years later, um, looking back, I think I, I, I was doing it pretty well. So maybe I should have pushed myself a little bit further to do instead of, you know, four or five, do six, seven or eight, mm-hmm. um, you know, now having, you know, again, on the other side of it, right. We never, you know, until we look back, it's, it's, it's all hindsight, but looking back now, I think, yeah, we were pretty good at what we did. Like maybe we should have done more. Um, so yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. And, um, what about like when it comes down to, hold on, that was something I really wanted to, okay. This is what I want to know. I want to know what frustrates you, what upsets you, what pisses you off? Like what, I think, uh, I mean, I, I, there, <laughs> there's lots of things I, I think, uh, with, with me personally or, or, or with me personally or with, with personally, um, um, man, I, I, because I get frustrated when, so we'll use this because we're speaking to chiropractors, right? I, I what used to frustrate me is, is pouring into people feeling like you've, educated and educated and educated and educated and them still making poor decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that used to get under my skin. Like you've been with me 20 years. Sure. I've, I've, you know, feel like I've done a pretty good job helping you understand how the body heals and responds and adapts and does all those things. And then you went and did that. Like, um, so that, that used to, I, I use the word compassionate um, a lot, which is compassionately pissed off. And so uh-huh. like just being so compassionate about wanting great things for people. Um, about it? <laughs> yeah. And then, then just not fully adapting or, or listening or uh, embracing what you have to offer. And so that used to get me, um, compassionate where I was, you know, I, I wasn't really pissed, but I was compassionately upset that they are not fully engaging and, and receiving the healing that they could receive had they just done a couple more things that I, you know, communicated. Yeah. So. And I think that's probably across the board with, cause I know you, you do some coaching, right? Mm-hmm, like yeah. that probably comes up in like working with chiropractors and just yeah. working with humanity in general. Yeah. It's like, yeah. don't you know better? <laughs> but that's why we're here. Right. So, I mean, we just got to keep telling this story and, and getting up and fighting a good fight and helping people understand. And I think it's, I think people are starting to wake up a little bit, um, but we'll, we'll see. Time will tell. 
I definitely think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Paul, who has been the biggest influence in your life? It doesn't have to be inside a chiropractic, but in general, like who's like really pivoted your, how you think about things or how you do things. You know, um, mine are mostly, I mean, I have, you know, a spiritual coach right now, which is awesome. But I think, you know, if I look at my success as a chiropractor, which has allowed me successes in other arenas, right? Because had I not had a successful practice, it wouldn't have had me enable me to be able to buy certain things and do certain, you know, to expand. Um, so Ron Oberstein was my very first coach, president of Life West, speaking there for him this weekend. Um, you know, and, and I actually hired Ron six months before I opened my practice. So got out of school with school debt, met him in a seminar, said, all right, man, let's do this. Sent him 12 post-dated checks six months before I, you know, when I came home, my wife, here's what I did. She's like, what? Um, you know, but I think a lot of who I've become as a chiropractor and even a man is, is, was influenced by Ron. And then I worked with, um, next with Ben Lerner and, and with the body by guy guys at that time that really helped me next level my practice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think a lot chiropractically, I, th- I have to attribute all to chiropractic, right? Because that what is you know, making that one first business successful is what enabled me to do other things. And so I, it, it really goes back to that. Yeah. And I feel, I feel that way too. And it's interesting because I don't, you're the only other person that I know who's done what I did, which is I literally borrowed money and signed up for a practice management. Coach. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't a student, I, but I was like six months out of school. I was like, yeah. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I got to figure yeah. it out. And which helped you. Right. And so instead of, gosh. instead of like opening and like, now what, like you, I crawled yeah. and was at a slow jog before I opened, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Awesome. I mean, there's no, it's, it definitely fast tracks your mm. success. Yeah. I mean, we went from zero to 300 my first year, like blinking and I like, what happened? Like, yeah. yeah and, and then just, could you, done, could you have done that without guidance? hundred yes. percent not. It, well, you could have, but it would have taken longer. It would have oh. been more work. It would have been a disaster. Yeah. You know, and I think it's silly when people don't hire coaches, like find somebody to align with that's done what you want to do. And they've paid the dummy tax. Like they've already learned the lessons. They're shortcutting your success and just like it's worth whatever they're charging you to get you to where you want to go and and model them, like learn to model the people that are doing what you want to do. I mean, that's it's it's that simple. (laughs) I mean, success leaves clues. So 100% all day, every day, not just all day, but a lot of, like you said, it's self-awareness. A lot of people are not self-aware enough to see, or they're, I don't know, right words, stubborn or egotistical to like, like, no, humble yourself. And that person did what you are doing or did what you want to do. Like it's right there for you. There there's, that's a whole nother episode. We won't get into There is some scarcity in our profession that I think like holds a lot of chiropractors back, whether it's investing in a coach or, or even delegating to a CA or yeah. anything that we kind of get stuck in that box. A lot of it. <laughs> Not a little, a lot of it. Another, that's part two episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, cool. As we are wrapping up here, I want to ask some really like quick questions. Okay. Uh, first question is, do you have a childhood nickname? And if so, what is it? I don't. No I don't. My, my my father-in-law called me No Neck when I met him when I was 15 because I was oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's cute. And then what about uh what kind of student were you when you were in say high school? What were you uh, average. Average. Okay. Th- 3 2. Okay, yeah. gotcha. What was the first job you ever had? Mowing lawns. 
Long lines. Okay. Yeah. Do, where do you go grocery shopping? You're in California, right? Uh, Washington. Oh, Washington. Yeah. Close enough. Where yeah. do you go shop grocery shopping? We did uh, Fred Myers is where we went. Okay, cool. Yeah. And um, let's see, what kind of car do you drive? Right now? Yeah. Uh, I have a Range Rover and a truck oh. and a Jeep. So I, don't, I like cars. I have three cars right now. That's awesome. Range Rover, which, what kind? Uh, it's a, a diesel Rover. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Really cool. Yeah. So um, tell everybody what's exciting, what's happening. I, I know one of the things that you're doing that's super exciting that's coming up that I'm going to be involved in. Yeah. But, but so, yeah, what's exciting in your life and tell yeah, everybody. Yeah, you know, I think just reaching out and, and mentoring men again is super exciting right now with, with what I got going on with that. And within the profession, um, Carafest, it's like 45 days out or wherever we're at now. Um, We'll have 500 of our brothers and sisters there hanging out and 40 exhibitors. And, um, you know, my, I selfishly started that because I want my kids as kids as kids to have the type of chiropractic that I grew up having where you went in, not because you had a symptom, because you were staying well and performing at a high level. Um, and that's our taglines are the past preserve the future. And it, that's, you know, selfishly, I started it so that I could, you know, again, my kids as kids as kids can experience what we have. And my son starting at Life West here in September. So, Oh, you know, awesome. can, yeah. So getting to continue, continue that. So yeah, I'm super stoked about Carfest. Tons of amazing people are speaking for us. So it's going to be great. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, um, mentoring men, uh, Carfest, and where can people uh, reach out to you? Where can they connect either with you or uh, grab tickets for Carfest? Carfest uh, tickets would be carfest.org. Um, and then any questions for me, social, obviously super fast. I respond there the most, um, at Dr. Paul on Insta probably, or Facebook, um, Dr. Paul Reed. And then my, my personal drpaulreed.com is, is my personal page. So. Yeah. Right. Cool. And I will tell you that Paul is like one of the nicest guys, super accessible too. as, as busy as you are, you're, you've yeah. always well, responded to me really Thanks. quick. Thanks doc. Appreciate that. Um, really cool. Thank you so no, much. Thank you. Yeah. You're yeah. I don't know if there's any secrets. <laughs> we uncovered some, not, yeah. not, not so many secrets, but we uncovered some parts of your personal life, which yeah, is absolutely. so yeah. it's beautiful thing. Thank you. Cool. Uh, thank I, you. I appreciate it. Yeah. My pleasure. And, uh, thank you everyone for listening or watching today and, uh, we'll see you or you'll hear us on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.